0: Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Hallelujah. Everybody got them? These are our core values as a staff, a church, a pastor, and the staff. We went over these core values in uh, last fall, and we laid out. We changed our, uh, um, our vision statement. We changed our uh, who we are. As a church, we didn't change who we are, but we just changed our statements to make it easier. And uh, our vision statement and our mission statement, our mission statement is go make disciples. Simple, isn't it? That's what Jesus told us to do, go make disciples. Our vision statement is a, a thriving family of believers reaching southwest Virginia with the love of God. And so uh, I want to go over uh, our, our core values and let's just let's look at those today. Y'all ready? Number one, Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. We sang about the mystery. Jesus is the mystery in the Old Testament. He's the Savior of the world, He's the Messiah that came, and He's our example. Uh, Somebody said this Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus' is perfect doctrine. If 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 you made your own doctrine, then you better look at Jesus. How did he deal with sin? How did he deal with people? One of the mysteries that he came, he revealed the Father. God is Father. Man, that's better than a God that's... What What did Job say? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus didn't come saying that. Jesus said he's a father and he's a good father. And he sent me for you. And he said, I don't say anything. Matter of fact, one time he said, I got a lot of things to tell you. But I'm only going to say what the father has revealed for me to say to you. And I'm only going to do what the Father revealed for me to do. And look what Jesus did. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Next Sunday, we're starting a sermon series on encounters. You need an encounter with Jesus. I've had an encounter with Jesus. But guess what? If I don't have an encounter next week with Jesus, I could fall. You see preachers falling all the time. Well, that don't work for preachers. They They need an encounter. You need a fresh encounter. You have got to stay. Jesus separated himself from the crowd to have an encounter with the Father. Man, he had to keep it real. I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, you've got to keep it real with God. Because I deal with a lot of hurts and broken hearts and heartaches. But you got to keep it real. I've got to keep myself strengthened or I'm going to fall. That's what Paul said. Paul said, the daily cares of the church come on me. And so we live through life. We struggle with life, every one of us. We need an encounter with God, and we can have that. John 1, 7, and I've given you scriptures, but I'd like you to study them out. It says, but... We walk in light as He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we always liked that one. There was matter of fact, at the corner down there, 4th Street and Main Street yesterday, there was people holding up signs, Your sin will find you out. And they was preaching sin at people and yelling at people. And... Uh, People will kind of, you know, you can kind of see the expression on their face. But see, they forget the next verse. But the gift of God is eternal life. And I'm not a sinner no more because I've got the gift of God. We don't want that. Well, you a sinner saved by grace. No, no, no. And the best example I like is is I I can drive an 18-wheeler. You don't want me to. I've done it. But I'm not a truck driver. I have sinned, and I may sin tomorrow, but I am not a professional sinner. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. You see, what's the difference? It's a mindset. When you d- dwell and think about sin all the time, you're going to sin. It's like that preacher said he was on his motorcycle, and he goes, what's that in the road? And he's, what is that in the road? And he's trying to figure out what that is in the road. And before he recognized what it is, it was too late. He ran over it because he was focused on it. It was a dead possum. And he ran over it on his motorcycle. How many of you know a, a, a something in the road will cause you to have a wreck on a motorcycle? But his focus was on what that was in the road, and it was too late to turn. Your focus needs to be on God and his righteousness and the blood of Jesus, okay? Jesus is our example. Number two, love is our foundation. Love. 1 Corinthians 12 says you can have all kinds of gifts. You can be smarter than anybody in the room. But if you don't have love, you're good for nothing. Oh, you can have spiritual gifts. Oh, more spiritual gifts than anybody in the room. But if you don't have love, doesn't matter. Because our foundation is love. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love is our foundation, and we have to do everything by love. Jesus did. You know, I thought about those people as I passed by them, and I was thinking, well, how would Jesus, how did Jesus respond to people who he thought were sinners? How did he respond to them? Did he yell at them? You're going to hell. No, he didn't. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm going to pick on all y'all. This is the bar where everybody was sitting, and Jesus went in there and sat with them. He went in there and sat down and said, Man, you know, and they like, What are you doing here? You a rabbi, you a teacher. He goes, I come to tell y'all about the kingdom of God. And so he's in there with them, and his disciples are out here going, Come out of there. Don't you know there's sinners in there? You ain't supposed to have nothing to do with them. That was man's rule. Jesus came to break man's rules. Because see, they added to the Ten Commandments and added to the Ten Commandments. They were supposed to be getting the world saved, but they separated themselves. God said, don't do that. Act different. Live different. But he still said, go and say, get them get them changed. Go teach them about me. And Jesus went in and taught them and loved them. And they had an encounter with him. Even at one point, his mother and his brother said, he's lost his mind. Get him out of there, somebody. Jesus didn't lose his mind. He was doing what the Father said. Love was his foundation. In Galatians 5, 6, in the message for in Christ... Neither our most conscientious religion, or dis, nor disregard of religion, there's a hum right there. I'm gonna stay out of that spot. Amounts to anything. Look what it. It doesn't amount. Religion doesn't amount to anything. What matters is something far more interior: faith expressed by love. You gotta have love. God wants you. to, God has love towards you. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. God is love. Hey, that ought to put a smile on your face. God loves me. And there is nobody bigger than God to keep him from loving you. Let that set on you a minute. There is no problem too big. You know, Jesus dealt with with even faithless people. And he didn't, well, you don't have any, oh, oh, ye of little faith. And boy, people have preached that. Well, you just need faith, oh, ye of little faith. Well, Jesus told them, oh, ye of little faith, and then he fixed it. So don't ever tell anybody, oh, ye of little faith. Don't tell them they ain't got any faith. That's condemnation, isn't it? He did not condemn them or punish them for their faith. He did it for him anyway. Okay, okay. And I'm a faith preacher. I believe you can always receive by faith. But guess what? There's times the Holy Spirit will help you out just because God's love. Number three faith is our response. Always respond by faith. Well, how, how, how is there another way to respond? By circumstance, by situation, by experience? You know, well, that's just a, you know, we're the, we're the, we're the McClary family and that's the way we are. We're mean and we're stupid and we'll hurt you. We just like to fight. What, what am I oh, I'm doing? I'm living in how I am instead of how what God wants me to be. I, I, I'm supposed to respond by faith. Well, you know what? We, we have an anger problem in my family, and we're dealing with it in the name of Jesus. We're coming against that anger problem. We're coming against alcohol in my family in the name of Jesus. We're coming, uh, you know, faith. Faith, use your faith. Or your response is faith. What are you going to do? I'm going to love God. I'm going to trust God no matter what. No matter what, hell or high water, doesn't matter. I'm going to hit it with a smile on my face, and God's got my back. Come on. That's a faith response. I'm trusting God. I don't matter who dies or what gets cut off or what. I'm trusting God. You've got to make that when it's good. you got to make these statements when things are going good and get your feet on the foundation of love and and stand on the word and know what the word says and, and use the word. Most of the time we we know the word up here, but not in here. And when pressure comes, see, so it's like you're like toothpaste. When you get squeezed, is it mint coming out, or is it the white, you know, the white kind? What kind of toothpaste you got? When you get squeezed, does faith come out? Faith is your response. Or do you go, it's over? Oh, that's not faith. Yeah? I thought God was going to avail me. Oh, I thought I was to... And I've seen people who thought they were great in faith crumble because they were lying on themselves and not God. Doesn't matter what happens. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. You might have trouble walking out here. But he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Okay, I'm sorry. I got a little rough, didn't I? I I'm making sure anybody's alive in here. Number four family is our culture. Do you know God instituted the family before He did the church? Okay. God instituted family before He did the church. Your family comes before this church. You don't hear that in a lot of pulpits. But it's so important, important to have a strong family life. And family, your spouse comes before church. Your children, and not chasing a baseball, putting the Word of God in them. And church is important, yes. But it's God, the Father, Jesus, your spouse, Your kids, then church, okay? Spiritual. I'm trying to help you this morning. Family is important. God, but guess what? As a church, we want to be a family. We're a family. If you hang out around here long enough, they'll they'll treat you like family. They'll pick on you. They'll laugh with you. They'll love on you, and they'll help you. Jesus, matter of fact, Jesus said, why does Jesus come before family? Because Jesus said, I am Someone who sticks closer than a brother. He is. Well, you know, I, I got to follow my family. I can't, I can't go to church. I, wrong answer. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. If you'll see, some of us have these shirt on. Don't, don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. What is that about, Pastor? Well, today we're launching life groups. And what what life groups are? Is, is people uh, that have the shirt on they're leading life groups and they're doing a Bible study either here at the church or in home in their home or are they're leading a, a, a life group to help people to bond together, to help people through situations, to help disciple uh, themselves and others, to walk with the, with with God through life. And and as a church, we want to we want to have these things. See that's if you think about it like, like in nature, you got a herd of elk and the wolves are following. How many of you know the devil's following? What's he looking for? Weakness. And if, if, if one of the elk gets sick, guess which ones the wolves are going after first? And they don't have to be physically sick. How about just separated? If the devil can pull you out of church and the devil can separate you, nobody loves me, nobody likes me, I'm not going to church, I'm just going to stay home and get depressed. Lo and behold, somebody knock on the door and give you a beer too. Alcohol is a depressant. And, and, And lo and behold, you're separated now and the enemy is sitting in your lap telling you that you're no good, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, and he's a liar. When he tells you that, see, that's a thought that's not from God. Remember, I said you shouldn't have thoughts that God's not thinking. And so we've got to think the thoughts of God and know who we are, and, and that we're not separate, that we're not lonely, that we're not that way. God, that the enemy separated you. And he wants to defeat you. John 10 10 the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill you because you look like Jesus, because you have influence like Jesus, because you are the light of the world. I don't feel like the light of the world. Doesn't matter. All it takes is just to change your thought, and a smile comes on your face. I am a child of God. Now you're an influencer. Didn't take but a moment. Just like, well, I didn't win the dollar. They was giving away dollars, and I didn't get mine. Ah. Oh. Come on, but but see how we turn, see how, oh, man, it worked, he's giving away Snickers bar and I didn't get one, that's it, I'm depressed for a week now. Come on. It's not the things of this world that we chase, it's God that we chase. And so we change our thinking, we change who we are and families, our culture, you are welcome here. And we don't want you doing life alone. We want you to be a part of a group, a part of a Bible study. I mean, we, and and some of you don't have a big enough vision. You think, well, they don't have a group that I like. Then start one. Hey, start one. You like cooking? Start a cooking class. You like shooting? Start a shooting class. You like golfing? We need a golfing class. You know, we need a golfing group. Fishing group. Whatever it doesn't matter. Just rally around, be family, and, and and put Jesus in the middle of it. That's how you do a group. That's how you don't do life alone. It ain't about. It ain't about. Well, you know, we're gonna get together. All right, I want all. We're gonna pray, and don't be looking up. Keep your head down. Well, this is serious. We're gonna have a prayer group, man. I mean, we have a prayer group, and it's fun. It's fun. Tuesday at ten o'clock, you need to come. Friday morning, you need to come. Cody starts rec- recording it because it's so much fun. He wants to go back and play it again. Let's do. But we get religious. Don't get religious. God wants you to do life together. Have fun. And so family has fun. My family has fun. I don't know about your family, but I'm having a family reunion at the end of June. We had not had one in about three years. And I'm telling you, we are Christian clowns. They ain't nothing but crazy. If we was drink drinkers, it'd be, it'd be seriously bad. But we don't drink, and it's still crazy. We laugh, we have fun, we play games, and it's, 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 a, it's a great time. That's family. And you know what? Church is the same way. Church ought to be about having a good time. You know, I'm going to talk about encounters next Sunday, and you know what? If anybody ever seen some crazy encounters people had, that's because they were crazy. Just laying that out there. Don't be afraid of having an encounter with God. God wants to enc- you to encounter Him and to walk with Him. Let's go to number five. If you haven't noticed, worship is our passion. We love to worship. We love to worship. And, and, and you know, the Bible says that God inhabits our praise. That's why we worship. We don't have to have music to worship. But music helps. How many know music helps? How many know music will help you learn? How many know music will help you learn the Word of God? How many know you've used music to learn the ABCs? When when my son started kindergarten, they said, We want you to say the ABCs, but you can't sing them. Because it's too easy to sing them A, B, C, D, M, and F, O, G. You know, you. You know, when they're like three, they're trying to do it and they're just running through it or just going through the... But music will help you learn the Word of God. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. I'm going to tell off on myself. Beloved, let us love one another for everyone that loveth. Is born of God, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. You know how I learned that? I learned that a long time ago. Beloved, let us love one another love is of God and every, it's music and we worship with music but you don't have to have music you just use your mouth or your hands you worship God you honor God you can bow before him but worship is our passion we love God and God we show it you need to be showing it okay I'm going to help you out because you don't you just not, I don't think you're getting it Remember when you was dating? Hey, baby. What's up? I just want to tell you, you're looking good. And I just can't wait to see you again. That's worship. But you don't worship the creation over the creator. God is our creator, but you worship, Father, I just can't wait. I can't wait for Sunday, so I'm going to worship you now. I want to hang out with you. I want to talk to you. I want your presence in my life. I, I, it's just the same way. And we make it. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta find. I gotta get. Right here's the spot. It's right here. No. You can worship God anywhere, anytime, any place, and you need to be. Okay. Talk to Him. It's worship. Well, I thought that was prayer. Same thing. Pray, worship, honor Him. Say, I'm just so thankful. For my family. I'm so thankful, God, for my job. I'm so thankful. Well, I hate my job. Well, get thankful for the next one. Come on, get thankful for the change that God can bring into your life. Get thankful. Worship. It's our passion. Number six, discipleship is our mission. To be a disciple. You know, I've already it was already burning in my heart earlier, but discipleship. It's not just spiritual, but it's mental and it's physical. God wants you to be a disciple, a follower, a follower. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I can follow Jesus from the house. No, you're not. You're staying home. You're not following. The following, you're going to get up and do something. You're going to get in the Word. You're going to follow. You're going to get into worship. You're going to follow. You're gonna, if he says go somewhere, well, he ain't never told me to go anywhere. Then ask him to teach you his voice. Disciple, you can hear the voice of God and be led by God. Boy, when my pastor said that, one Sunday he got up and I, I didn't I'd been in church my whole life. I knew all the Bible stories. I knew Moses built the ark, and I knew uh, David killed the y'all didn't, I went right over y'all. I'm testing you, see if anybody's listening. Noah built the ark. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Come and help y'all. Let me slow down. Daniel was in the lines then. I knew all those stories, but I didn't know that you mixed faith with them, that you could do the same thing. And my pastor got up and said, the Lord spoke to me this week. And I went, what? What do you mean God spoke to you? Nobody taught me that. So I said, God, have you ever spoke to me? And then it started coming to me. When I was a kid, he spoke to me. When I was a teenager, he led me there. I could look back, you know, hindsight's 2020. 20, but the place you want to be is not in hindsight. You want to learn that God's speaking to you, but you want to take it that God's going to lead me today and tomorrow. That I'm going to wake up and ask God, direct my steps today. And then you'll get a, you'll be driving down the road and you'll get a witness, something in your just in your spirit. You need to call Peter. You tell him Jesus loves him, that you're praying for him. That God put him on your heart. And he'd go, Man, it's just right on time. I don't know. That's God told you that. You see, I had a I had a I had a witness in my heart. Just you gotta go home, you gotta go home, you gotta go home, you gotta go home. And I knew my daddy was gonna die. But I said, Oh, it'd be a month or so. I kept putting it off, and, and then I got you got to go tomorrow. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy, and, you know, stuff was going on, and I said, all right, I got to go. And I drove because I knew I had a witness. And all the way down there, I, I listened to sermons about heaven, and uh, the NBA, it was June, NBA finals was on, and he, I got there at 9 o'clock, 14-and-a-half-hour drive. Laughed, prayed with him, talked to him, watched the basketball game with him, went to bed at midnight. 4 a.m., he passed away. And I was ready because I'd already been, the, the Lord had me talk, you know, minute he was ministering to me about heaven all the way down there. I was listening to CDs and preaching. And my mom was wanting to fall apart. And I was there. I was there. I didn't cry. I wasn't, emo- uh, you know, I, I was there because God had me there. Because I was learn, I learned to be led by God. And I never cried till my cousins called and said, It's God that you were there. And I said, Yes, it was. And then I began, but I was crying tears of joy that I had heard the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. And that's part of being a disciple, a child of God. Knows his father's voice. I dare say my grandmother's been dead fifteen years, and if she called my name, I'm going, that's my grandmother, because you, I've heard that voice, I've heard that voice, and you've got to start seeking and hearing the voice of God. Amen. Next one. Seven, serving is our privilege. There's scriptures to go with all these, but we don't have time to go through them. Serving is our privilege. In Matthew 25, 31, we're not going to read it. You need to read that parable. Jesus separates the wheats and the tares. You know how he separates the wheats and the tares? By service. It's a privilege to serve. When we serve others, we serve God. You ever done something for somebody and they didn't appreciate it? what is that about? Huh? But you know what? you got to remind yourself, I'm not serving them for them. I'm serving them for God. Amen, amen. I, I'm doing what I do because, you know, we do a lot of things, and, and it hurts my feelings when people don't show up because we plan this big thing, and we got this thing, and we work hard, don't we, Cody, don't we, Jeff? We work hard to prepare for everybody to come, and then when people don't come, it could hurt my feelings, but it don't matter. You came. Ha, Ha, ha. And I learned a long time ago, if one person shows up, I'm still going to preach. You You know? It's not about the numbers, but it's about making disciples too. And so we got to make disciples, and you're important. And so serving is a privilege, and we're separated and judged by how we serve, and so we need to serve God with gladness. But if you don't ever serve people, you're not not serving God. You see, Jesus served people. But because he worshiped God first, he prayed, but then he went and moved with compassion. Come on, where's your compassion? I, I, you know how I can tell you, you got compassion? Or not? Well, those people don't appreciate you over there. Pastor, we ain't going over there and help them. Come on. You know, I told a story to Buddy and, and Jerrica. There was a girl in my youth group, and I've told this story before and she was probably 14 years old, and her parents said, we don't want you going to that church no more. And they weren't going to church anywhere. From the time she was 18, when she turned 18, 19, she became a stripper. Broke my heart. I wondered if she needed to be in church. And she was, you see her picture in the paper every so often for being on drugs. And I went to did this big function for for my job I was working for, and they had these girls there and they were dressed scantily, and then she was one of them. She came up and hugged my neck. And everybody's like, Whoa, yeah, you know how fleshly men are. And I wanted to go off and cry because that's, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. And so it's so important, you know. And I invited her to church. Come on and get back in church. And you know how I judge people and say, well, you know, we don't know if we really want somebody like that. Yes, we do. Because that's who Jesus wants. And as a church, we want everybody. We have got to have the love of God and we've got to, to love on people and we've got to minister to people because that, that we've got to serve them. Number eight is excellence is our pursuit. What does excellence really mean? Excellence means you're prepared. Prepared. We want to be prepared for everything. We're prepared. We will be prepared so we have music. We're prepared. You know what, really? And, and I see it in a lot, and especially in smaller churches, we're prepared to start at 10 o'clock. And if we change the time, we'll be prepared to start at that time. Because you know what? If you get here before 10 and I wait till 10.30 so everybody shows up, I'm punishing you. Really? So I want to be prepared when we have music and they practice and they do a great job. But you know what? I don't want to be prepared for a sermon. I want this building prepared. We have people cleaning the building. I, I, want, I want to be prepared. That's called excellence. Well, excuse the mess over there. You know, somebody threw up last Sunday. Uh, you know, we'll, we, we're going to get that cleaned up one of these days. Huh? No, we want you. You want to be prepared. You want to prepare your heart to receive Jesus. You want to prepare your heart to worship God. You want to prepare yourself, and we want to be prepared and be ready for you. And that's excellence. You know, we we want to decorate. We want to have things. You know, we if all these things that we I'm preaching. We help you with those. That's what life groups are about: family, marriage, getting through life, overcoming drug addiction, whatever you're facing. We're not going to beat you up because of it. We want to help you, but you know what the devil do? He'll separate you. If they knew you was on, if they knew you was chasing after some strange woman, they wouldn't want anything to do with you. No, God will deliver you. God loves you. God wants to help us, and God has called us to help one another, and that's why we serve one another, and that's why we we're prepared. We want to be prepared. Excellence. Jesus said in John 14 and 2, and he said, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. (laughs) In my Father's house are many mansions. We're not so, I I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He's ready. He's ready for you. He's been preparing a place for us for a long time. For, for my job and I, I, you know, I went into a casino and they try to mimic the glory of God. And the first casino I ever went into, it was marble as far as you could see on the floor. And they had beautiful plants and pictures and I thought, this is what church ought to look like. I said, they trying, they trying to draw people in. And they even had a million dollars on the wall, and it covered the whole wall. And they had to co- the hundred dollar bills were laid over halfway over each other and covered a million dollars. Was that long? Hundred feet long, million dollars. And everybody's like, "Hey, yep, they're drawing. They're not the world trying to steal you and pull you in, but we want excellence. And the best way to have excellence is having the presence of God, the, the spirit of God, the anointing of God. Because see." It doesn't matter. Yeah, we love good carpet. I, those seats, those seats are comfortable, so I can preach for four hours today. And I'm just kidding. But you know what? You want you have, you want to have comfortable seats. We don't want you sitting on a bench. I mean, y'all ever sat on a bench? I ain't nothing wrong with a pew. But you know what? I've been in church a hardwood floor, and we had this lady. She clapped her foot on the floor till you couldn't hear the preaching. But she'd get excited. She was having an encounter with God. But you know what? The the thing about it is. God can move anywhere. We can go outside in the tent. It's the presence of God, too. And, and But you know what helps? If you were sweating bullets in here, you couldn't pay attention to me. That's why it's getting out. some of you all kind of like, I'm having a hard time paying attention because it's cold in here, Pastor. But the men are like, thank God, it feels good. It's hard to balance it, isn't it? But we try to help. That's what excellence is about. We want it warm in the winter and cool in the summer. We want you comfortable, but the main goal, the main thing is the Spirit of God ministering to you. Amen? Number nine, children are our legacy. Matthew nine fourteen: Let the little children come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. A legacy is something really handed down from one generation to the next. Our children are important. Our youth are important. And we have got, gotten growth by so many kids that, you know, we need to add rooms. And we haven't, we put that on the shelf, not, not on purpose. It's just, it's just, we're doing life, we're doing ministry. But our kids are important. And it's like I said earlier, dedicating the babies. Children get saved before the 13. Most people get saved before the 13. And then the next group is before 18. Did you know that 4%, only 4% of kids are getting saved right now in America? Coming to the knowledge of God, 4%? Letting that sit there a minute. What 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 are we going to do about it? We we got to do something about it. I I, I bet the the the, the percentage is a little better where we're at because we're still in the country. But you go to the big city, but there's kids in this city. They know where churches are at. They've never been in one, and what they hear online tells them they don't want to go. So what you going to do about it? How can you live a life to where people say, you got something? What have you got? How come you don't cuss? How come you don't get mad when everybody else is mad? What do you have? See, we're the light of the world. They're told that Christians are mean, condemning, rude, judgmental to what they've been told since the 50s. Are we that way? I say no. And if you are that way, you need to change. Because Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me, and he said, suffer the sinner to come unto me. Where well, I went through that. So importance of, of laying a foundation in your children and we're going to help. But you know what? Church, is, church only has them an hour and a half. That ain't enough. You have to lay a foundation in your children. They are your legacy. and you Put the word of God in them when they don't need it. So when they do need it, it'll be there. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads? We've got some here today, but I just want to talk to you just for a second. Why bow your heads? Because I want you to focus. I want you to focus for the next few minutes just on Jesus and on God. On these nine core beliefs that we have. Take them home. Start living them. Start living the way God wants you to be. Be the disciple that he's called you to be. Pursue him with your whole heart. If we had a theme for this year, church, it's to go to the next level. God wants us to go to the next level. Everyone individually. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Well, I'm good because I'm better than them. That's not what God said. God said, come up. Come up higher. Come up another step. Come up another step. challenge you the rest of this year take the step up I want to ask you will you accept Jesus today if you don't know him will you accept him will you make him Lord and Savior John seventeen three says and this is eternal life that they may know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ your Son, whom you have sent. If you don't know Him, if you're not sure you know Him, know Him today. Have an encounter with Him today. Accept Him today. Make Him Lord today, Lord of your life today. If that's you, will you raise your hand and say, Pray with me, Pastor? Anybody? I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Will you accept Him today? then let's all pray with this one today. Let's help today. Come on, say it with me. Say, Father, today I come to believe in you and to believe in your son Jesus. And I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, that he shed his blood to make me righteous. I believe that he rose again the third day. And I believe that he's changing me Today, I am saved because I believe, and I have said it with my mouth. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Look at me. Look at somebody and smile. Tell them Jesus loves them. Come on, God is good, and God wants to do great things in you and through you. Amen? Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.